Brian Gutekunst, NFL Combine on the podium the other day. Talking about the Green Bay Packers. Met with the national media, then he met with the local Wisconsin media. So he was doing a lot of flapping of the gums. But, you know, I was uh, thinking yesterday, talking with Rob Reichel from Forbes.com and Conley Media, talking about Brian Gutekunst with the Packers in safe hands. You know, Ted Thompson before him, Ron Wolf. Packers had some pretty damn good GMs. Ted Thompson, not much into dipping into free agency, but when he did, he did it well. Now, again, not every GM is going to hit 100% of the time. That's just impossible. And Ted Thompson never really hit all the time, right, in uh, the draft, but was good at what he did and never hit all the time when he rarely went to free agency. The biggest mistake, what, Martellus Bennett? For the Green Bay Packers, that, that Marty B, that went south pretty quickly. That guy was a head case to begin with, you know. Anyways, or you could talk about the lack of moves that Ted Thompson didn't do in free agency. It was, you know, Marshawn Lynch when he played for the Buffalo Bills. He came up to Aaron Rodgers and he said, hey, yo, tell Ted to come get me. As you know, Rodgers, Cal guy, Marshawn Lynch, Cal guy. Marshawn Lynch wanted to team up with Aaron Rodgers. And he literally told number 12, hey, yo, tell Ted, come get me. I'm sure Rodgers, who has nothing but love for Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson, by the way, RAP. I mean, Ted Thompson drafted Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, um, when he was leaving Green Bay, was you know after also Ted had passed away. Rodgers very very emotional about Ted Thompson, saying you know he 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 gave me the shot in Green Bay. I'm sure Rodgers, you know, probably said something to Ted Thompson about getting the running back in beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. But knowing Ted, well, in a perfect world, you'd, you'd be able to draft and develop and keep your own players. That was a pretty good Ted Thompson impersonation, by the way. I think that was pretty good. In a perfect world, you'd, you'd, you'd be able to draft and develop and keep your own players. Spot on. But now Brian Gutekunst, you know, we were talking with Robbie yesterday about Goody are you in you know, good hands. He said, oh, hell yeah. You know, Gutekunst has got to show a little more in free agency, but when he's done it, it has been really good. Really good. And then when it comes to the draft, uh, Brian Gutekunst, the last two drafts have produced 17 starters or regular rotational players on offense and defense. Uh, an astounding success and contribution rate. Now, that's pretty crazy. I mean, the transition, the transition from a veteran-laden roster to a more youth-dominated one has played a major part in that. So, you know, when Rodgers was here at the end, that was an old team. A lot of his guys hanging around. And then the big turnover, right? I mean, hell, uh, Jordan Love, his first year starting as a quarterback, he had no wide receiver that had more than three years' experience. It was two years, or most of them were rookies. So for Gutekunst, the last two drafts to produce, you know, what has been able to produce is uh, pretty damn impressive for Goody. Now, that 2020 draft, our guy Corey and Marshall, had messaged me because, you know, we brought up the 2020 draft. You got Jordan Love out of that, obviously. You have A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, <laughs> Kamal Martin, <laughs> John Runyon. Now, he's, you know, probably not going to be a Packer anymore, but serviceable. Jake Hansen, no. Simon Stepaniak, never even did anything. Uh, Vernon Scott, no. Jonathan Garvin, no. So that's Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon and John Runyon Jr. of guys you're like, okay. Now, I know Josiah DeGuara was there a little bit, uh, but when he did play, well, he's still there, but when he did play, you're like, can this just be over? So you got Jordan Love, and then A.J. Dillon would be the second best, John running third, and then everyone else stinks. Our guy Corey Marshall messaged me, and he said about that 2020 draft, if Love ends up being that third franchise-type quarterback in a row, it'll mitigate the rest of the disaster that was the draft 
of 2020. That's the thing. If you got and traded up to get Jordan Love out of that draft class, if you got the quarterback, the third one, lightning strikes three times for the Green Bay Packers, then that absolves everything of the 2020 draft. No doubt about it. There's no doubt about it, Corey. It will mitigate the disaster that was 2020. Now, again, not every GM is perfect, but that 2020 draft, that is a, that is a yikes. That is a e-yikes kind of thing right there. That was also another Ted Thompson quote. I don't know how this came to be, but it was an e-yikes kind of thing. Yeah, it was, Ted. It was an e-yikes kind of thing. All right, 608-321-1670. How satisfied um, are you with Brian Gutekunst? Are you thinking the Packers are in good hands? With old Goody, the UW lacrosse alum. You look at the last draft class, my gosh. Crushing it. One before that, looking pretty damn good, too. All right, let's go to the phone. 608-321-1670, line one. Who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric. Well, good morning, Eric on I-90. Hard charging? How are we looking? Hard charging. Sun's coming up. Looking pretty special today. Ah, pretty special. I love it. Kind of like Brian Gutekunst. He's special. Yeah. Eric, yeah. you were uh, you were uh, talking about Gutekunst taking his victory lap at the Combine yesterday and the day previous. He did. He mm-hmm. did. And he should. And he should. You should ride high when things are going good. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think he's going to draft two more quarterbacks <laughs> just to show everybody how it's done. <laughs> just... Here, we're going to do two more for you. Watch. Don't Here believe me, just watch. Brian Gutekunst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. That's what he's doing. That's what he should play. That's the music that should play when he's coming on stage. Yeah. Don't believe me, just right? watch. Watch. Brian Gutekunst. Eric, I did, that on, I, did that on, um, I did that on a karaoke night one time. A little Bruno Mars, Don't Believe Me, Just Watch. Uptown Funk. Right. Well, he's he's doing better than than our guy Kobayashi Maru, whatever his name is. Well, you got it. You guys got to draft a quarterback here, Eric. So you better hope he has. Uh, oh boy, I don't know. You think it's just such a crapshoot? You think Gutekunst will like give him some notes? You think you, like you know it's like a maybe we got to get Goody to come over and tell us what we're doing wrong? You think it's like a good a, a, a good old boys club? Like they all sit around sharing notes and like wondering, or you, or you think it's all, everything's close to the vest? Wow. The good old boys club ain't working out for the Cowboys, is it? <laughs> I told you about that Dak last year. He's garbage. I'm telling you, he's no good. It's, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. I truly would. I, I think he would too. I like Kirk. Just, yeah. just watch. Yeah, just watch him play. No, the Vikings got to take a shot at a quarterback. You know, and that's you know, there's only a couple. There's only like one, like Patrick Mahomes out there, right? <laughs> the rest of them, hey, you just don't know. You don't know. Well, Eric, um, I know so. we talked yesterday with Josh McCown coming in as the uh, Vikings quarterback coach. He likes Drake May, so uh, you have that. But did you see the news floating around that uh, people are uh, pontificating, if you will, to steal a word from Bill Michaels, that uh, the Vikings were looking into trading Justin Jefferson, but then your GM came out and squashed that uh, the other day at the combine. He's like, we are not trading Justin Jefferson. So at least he's smart in that f- sense. <laughs> That's good. He's, Don't do he's that. smart in that sense, Eric. 
yes. He's going to hang on to him. And I think that, you know, Kirk Cousins got to sit back. When I was negotiating with Kirk, I'd say, Kirk, let's go to my office. We'll have some Kentucky Fried Chicken and talk this over. <laughs> All right? And, and we'll just, I mean, I don't know where you think you're going to have a better chance. I would just, and listen, your chance at a Super Bowl is next to none because you're Kirk Cousins. But you're going to, you might contend, you might contend, you might get to like the divisional round. He could take that team to the divisional round. Yes. Yes. And it, and, and in today's world, that's contending for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you got to be in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's, you can't win a Super Bowl if you're not in the playoffs. So they're your contender then. Where do you con- where does the line of contention for a Super Bowl where is that line? Well, remember when the is Packers a, won their Super Bowl, Eric? Card? The Packers were a wild card team. They had to play every game on the road. They ended up winning the Super Bowl 2010-2011 season right. and uh, here we go another Vince Lombardi trophy. Right. So is winning the the wild card round are you a contender for the Super Bowl at that point in your opinion? Yes. Because I've seen it happen, okay. and also you got to be in the playoffs to contend. And if you're in the playoffs, you are then, therefore, a contender. So anybody who makes the playoff is a Super Bowl contender. Is that the line? I would say so, yes, because you have the okay. chance. You see, I heard a report. I heard a take. I heard a take where... This report card for all the NFL teams came out where all the players grade. Yeah, I have it. I was gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to it. Yeah, I have it. Right. Your Vikings. I heard a take that. I no, don't say what they are. Okay. I don't know, but there's there was a take I heard that said that that list shows Super Bowl contenders from top to bottom, like the top teams rated. They're the Super Bowl contenders. Not I don't know if necessarily. there's any correlation there. Not necessarily. I, listen, no, I think if we dig into the information and actually report the whole story, I don't know if it supports that. Eric, who won the Super Bowl this year? Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs Again. are 31st on that list that you're talking about. They're the second to last team. Uh, are, we, are we sure... That the the are we? I'll explain coming up. I'll explain. I'll explain on the way. There's a lot. There's a lot of minutia to it all. There's a lot of minutia to it all. I gotta know because I heard the take was the Patriots are at the bottom. Yep, they're 29th after Tom Brady left. But I mean, they're scoring everything, right? Yeah. I'm like, was was Tom Brady in the kitchen making the food? <laughs> was he handling like the HR reports and getting people dental insurance? And was he was he like I don't know? Was he in charge of cleaning the bathrooms? Because it seems like when he left, they went down. Yeah, and they take that into account. They take facilities into account. They take training trainers, coaches, the ownership. You name it, uh, everything. Even like even even if the how they treat the family, and how if they pay for your food or not, it's all in there. Well, he clearly wasn't overpaid. If you go downhill that fast when you leave, I think Tom if Brady was cooking, people, he was cleaning, he was training. He even, he, that's why he brought his own training staff. He was doing it all. Right. He was making sure that you had the right amount of dental coverage. Yeah. 
making sure that your life insurance, you know, it's... I guess that why, that's probably why Giselle was cheating on him. He was too busy at work all the time. He couldn't have enough love at home. That's why Giselle started stepping out with her jujitsu trainer. Right. They said he was working all the time. He was work, He was obviously working on ball inflation. <laughs> he was right down in the... You know, it was uh, deflation. Yeah, or I guess inflation. The equipment yeah. room. Yeah. He's down in the equipment room. Was he running the cameras for spying? Yeah, he's doing it this all. This guy dude. had a lot of responsibility. The only thing he couldn't do was keep it together at home because Giselle started rolling around with her, her jujitsu trainer in bed. Poor guy. Well, I'm glad that this report actually shows a correlation between Super Bowl contention and their grades on this because I think Minnesota Vikings came in at number two. Number two. I think they did. How many Super Bowls did the Vikings have? Number two. Uh, they, they've contended. Hey, we'll end it right there, Eric. We'll end it right there. The Vikings, Super Bowl contenders. They've contended. That's what we are. <laughs> See you, Eric. Hey. Have a good hey, one, buddy. Hey, RJ. Oh, hey. What's going on, brother? Oh, you know. Just easing on into this Thursday. My way downtown. Making my way downtown. Oh, I was going to play Uptown Funk, but I don't know. Now, now, dude, um... <clears throat> After we had a night to sleep on it. Bye. Are you still on the oh, yeah. get rid of guard right now? Yeah. Like done? It's D-U-N? time for a change. It's, you, you've, you've been broken. Like it, they broke you. Yeah, they... You're past the point of no the, return. The play of the team literally broke me. They drew first blood and now you're like Rambo. I'm you're not going to stop. I'm not stopping. You're not stopping until... The war's over and the I'm war's not stopping. <laughs> Brewers spring training yesterday, RJ. Now, Brewers lose again in spring training. They only have one win under their belt, and that was uh, the first spring training game last Saturday where they beat the Padres 11-7. to Sunday, they lost to the Rockies 10-3. to uh, Let's see here. Monday, they lost to the Reds 8-3. to Tuesday, they lost to the Angels 6-4. to And then yesterday, it was the Chicago Cubs. Brewers lose 6-1. to one. People are starting to freak out over the spring training stuff. Like, pump the brakes. I mean, did you look at the rosters? All these guys, like, no. it's You don't freak out. Spring training does not matter um, for the regular season. Well, it does, but it doesn't. The win-loss column does not matter here. But I was a little disheartened that they didn't beat Craig Council and the Chicago Cubs yesterday. That uh, kind of irked me a little bit just because I'm so done and sick of Craig Council. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm over it. I'm over it with Craig. Pat Murphy was uh, talking to the media yesterday, you know, about seeing Craig Council on the other side, and he was talking you know, previously how it was good for the game. Yeah, Microsoft um, purchased the site. Oh, the Foxconn site. Yeah, in April of 2023. I was gonna say, like, I don't think anything was going on there. Remember when they made people like sell their houses and yeah, and move out of there, and then they're gonna build a data center. Got swindled. Well, hopefully so, they use that site. It sounds like. Microsoft is going to be. But Pat Murphy yesterday on the return of Craig Council to Maryville, you know, Craig was like talking about, you know, for Mesa, one of uh, the Cubs players, how you know when you're in a better spot, you're in a different place now because you got a packed house. There's always people at Maryville. Maryville is a, a nice little crown jewel there. Not as obviously as good as in Mesa, but for Maryville and the Brewers, that's it's, it's badass. But Pat Murphy talking here about the return of Craig Council. A little snippet for you, for uh, Pat. No greeting, or was it a little bit different, or a little bit oh, it more? Was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's weird seeing him in those colors, but that's uh, you know, that's what reality is right now. Move on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Every time we see each other, we exchange pleasantries, but we're both worried about getting our club ready to play 
play the regular season. Right. How did you feel you guys fared in that regard today? Did you see some things you liked? JB was looked really good, obviously, a really good oh, inning. There was some great stuff every day. You know, again, we're playing guys that might be in double A. We're playing guys that might not be with the Brewers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We're, yeah. We're not playing to win, even though I joke about it. <laughs> we play winning baseball, and we hope we win. You know, that feels better, but it's not. This has no effect. It's about how the guys are playing. Right. How they're competing. So, yeah. And, and we're not, you know, we're playing three or four guys out of the lineup every day. And some of the pitching is, you know, maybe four or five innings of major league pitching. And the rest, you just really pulling for those guys. You know, really pulling for those guys because they're trying. Uh, yeah. It's been good. I don't even know that we've mentioned him much, if at all, this spring so far. But JB just... He's in that mix, isn't he? I know he's got an option left. You know, he's got some major league experience. That's a guy that could factor in for you, right? He's pitched great twice that I've seen him. He's throwing the ball good. I remember him throwing the ball good last year at the end. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, been, he's been really good for us. He'll be in the major leagues this year at some point. Yeah. Also, there you go. There's Pat Murphy. Um, some interesting stuff. You know, Craig Council will always be cordial, you know, say hi. There's worry on, uh, you know, their baseball teams. Yep. Said we're not looking to win games, but we just want to play winning baseball. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's an interesting way to say it. But I get it. Like as I was saying, spring training it doesn't really it matters, but it doesn't. Pat Murphy saying it right there um, on Craig Council though. Willie Adamas did say yesterday it was really weird. Obviously, seeing him in the opposing dugout, but he said every time I see him, I'm going to go say hi because I'm always grateful. He said he'll make a point to walk over and say hi to Council. In yeah, pregame, I mean, every game. When you're when you're there, when you're the player, sure. But your fans, boo this man. Yeah, and boo this man. Like, I get it. That's your coach. That's your your guy for however many years it has been for him. You know, it's like that's. Yeah, I was gonna be thankful. Yeah, I mean, like, for, like that's a guy who believed in for you. 162 games. In a, and you see each other like almost every day. Yeah. Well, not almost. I mean, from from mid February until September. Well, now October because the uh, regular season ends in October. Yeah. That's that's like your family. Like you get pretty darn close if you stay in a club long enough and the managers there long enough. And yeah, like it happens. And you know if. What's the yeah. business side of baseball, right? I mean, Willie Adamas, he could be traded soon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he might not be a brewer all of a sudden. You know, he's he's not going to be a, a part of the crew, but of course he's going to still say and have friends on yeah. the team. But for us fans... I doubt... Uh, the one thing I do doubt is when we play the Orioles, I don't think Corbin Burns is walking over and being like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Corbin Burns will be there flicking him off. I remember that arbitration meeting where you told me I was the reason why we missed the playoffs. He wouldn't give me $700,000. Here, you know, here's the stinky bird for you. Now, maybe players and coaches he might, but like management, he ain't going walking in there and being like, hey everybody. No. Hey, 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 how's the fam doing? Like, no, you guys stink. Yeah, for us fans, boo Craig Council. Boo that oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Line four, good morning. Hello. We'll never forget you, Greg. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> clown soul. Good morning, let's go, Chad. Uh, 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 I hope there's a lot of boo birds. Same. The first on, time they actually play them during the regular season. On the radio, it didn't sound like there was. There was uh, the total attendance at Maryville yesterday was just four people shy of 4,000, allegedly. Mm, it's yeah, a different place. probably half half Cubs fans because you know they're useless and don't have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> I love that rant. 
That is a good one. Yeah, I wish I could play it. <laughs> Can't play it. I mean, where else can you draw a full stadium in the middle of the day? Oh, Chicago. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're bubs. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Norm MacDonald because they're a bunch of bubs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, What's happening, Shed? Yeah, I, I don't know, Greg. I, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I like the Pat Murphy. Uh, uh, we're not really playing to win. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a damn? He is going to give. Uh, he's got. He's, he's going to be giving some good sound. He's bites a locking sound bite. And we're not playing to win, but we are playing winning baseball. Huh? Well, he, he just. He just again. He still kind of reminds me of old Lou from uh, Major League. Yeah. Well, you know, some of these guys are dead. We'll cross them off. Yeah, I got a guy in the other line above some white walls. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you ought to coach the Cleveland Indians? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is a chance in the majors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you got Bob Uecker. I mean, we basically got the movie. Yeah. Currently have the movie going on. Mr. Baseball. Who's, uh, yeah, hey. this is Serrano. Pedro Serrano. <laughs> I don't know. Willie Adama? <laughs> that's what I was kind of thinking, maybe. Can't hit, <laughs> you can't, can't you hit, hit the curveball. Comes up with the clutch head. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. Dorn? <laughs> yeah, Yelly's Dorn. Yelly's definitely Dorn. <laughs> He's just high-priced. <laughs> yeah. Don't give me, I don't want to see any of that Olay BS this year from, uh, <laughs> from Yelich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's Charlie Sheen? Come on, we, we need. No, that's that's the up. that's the one you got to figure out. I don't know uh, who that one is. Is it DL Hall? Yeah, it could be DL Hall. Yeah. We get him a haircut because we don't have uh, Matt freaking Bush anymore. No, DL Hall's got <laughs> longer hair, so. Well, you know, you know, he might show up uh, later in the spring training here. Huh? <laughs> could the California penal <laughs> might not exactly be there at that time. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's wild that he decided to go uh, give himself uh, a little bit of performance-enhancing drugs to throw the ball for the movie. <laughs> yeah, he wanted he wanted to make it look real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Period specific. He wanted to look like every I mean, baseball player. <laughs> hands down, one of the greatest movies of all time. I mean, yes. it, it's it's a comedy. It's got a love story. It's a perusing Twitter or. Yesterday, saw someone maybe want to stab my eyes out. I got pretty upset. Got a little angry again. Grr. I was mad. Grr. RJ, Wisconsin basketball. Now, I'm not talking about Greg Gard. I'm not talking about uh, what happened against Indiana or the month of February. That is disgusting in its own right. But uh, Jay Kuda, he's uh, a big Twitter account, sports stats guy. Yada yada. He put this out there. It's about the championship game, Wisconsin and Duke. Remember that? Yeah. Remember when Justice Winslow touched it? He did. But remember when Duke called a timeout? Yeah. Midpoint, second half. And then things uh, went south. Well, here's the tweet. And this is something we've uh, already known and discussed. And uh, now for some reason it's making it, uh, you know, going viral around Twitter. Yeah, I don't, I don't get why that's happening like right now. People are finally, you know, awakening RJ to uh, be it. to this the nastiness that was bestowed upon Wisconsin. 
Here's a tweet. Near the midpoint of the second half in the 2015 National Championship game against Duke, Duke called a timeout. After Wisconsin went up 48-39. to After that, after that timeout, Wisconsin's leading 48-39. After that timeout, yep. Duke shot 11 free throws. Wisconsin shot just one. And here's the follow-up, the rest of the tweet. Wisconsin followed less than any team in the nation that season, but were called for 13 fouls in the second half. Why is this making this rounds now? Why do we have to relive this egregious timeout that was called and Coach K probably promising the referees a bag of money if they swung it their way? Yeah. We all saw this. In the first half, the Badgers committed two fouls. Two. Two. Dose. They were the they fouled less than any team in the nation that season. Yep. They committed two fouls. Yeah. In the second half after that timeout, Badgers up nine. Thirteen. 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 In the second half free throw attempts, Wisconsin had three. Duke, sixteen. And they won by five. And Justice Winslow touched it, by the way. Yeah, he did. You can see his finger move. And then the ball changes direction. So fouls game, twenty fourteen, fifteen season. 12.45 for the Wisconsin Badgers. That was the last in the nation. 351 out of 351 teams. Mm-hmm. In the second half, this is the equivalent. Fouls to game equivalent of the second half versus Duke. 26. That put them first in the nation. For number one out of 351 teams. The team that fouls the least in the country. Became the team that fouled the, the most, most in the country. Those are one game samples. In a national championship game against the Duke Blue Devils. Is it, it's, is it rigged? Yeah. Is the verdict in? Absolutely. Are we finally nationally realizing this? Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Line one, good morning. What up, boys? Mitch and Madison. What's up, Mitch? What's up, What's up my brother? Dude, so... I've watched a lot of sports in my day, and I can honestly say that before that game and after that game, I have never seen a more egregious, obvious scam job in the history of sport. And that's including the Lakers-Kings series where it's been proven that the Lakers were, you know, Donahue was refing that, and he was legitimately throwing the game for the Lakers. I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. How about the Bucks and the 76ers? When the, you can go look that up, the conspiracy theory, to go take on the yep. Lakers in the finals. Yeah, I, re- I remember exactly where I was for those games. I mean, granted, here's the thing. With that one, Big Dog makes that uh, baseline jumper, and we're not even talking yeah, the about foul that. You know what I mean? The foul disparity is though insane in those two. You can just go. Yes. Oh, for, oh, for sure. It was extreme. And yeah, that was right. Ar- that was right around the same time as the whole Tim Donahue yep. uh, situation. So it, and I, and I get reminded of it every year. But I, I think it's a good reminder because I made a social media post that night after the game, like outlining all the different discrepancies and just like point by point being like even if you aren't even if you aren't a fan of either team like this is objectively what happened stolen and you know because it's different coming you know from fans or whatever um one way or the other but if you like look at it from a objective point of view there is no other conclusion you can come to than the badgers got legitimately screwed stolen it was stolen rigged stolen yeah 
Mitch? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that was it, really. You the man, Mitch. Going off on that. Yes, sir. I love Line four, good morning. Hey, what's up? Hey, Daniel. <laughs> hey, Daniel. <laughs> hey, Daniel. What's up, bro? <laughs> Why are you talking about this, Evo? It's going viral on Twitter yesterday. I saw I saw it with my own eyes. I, I, had I, to, I had to share the pain with everyone else that I had to see. I saw I saw Sam Decker re-quoted or whatever yesterday, so I was like... I got uh, pissed yesterday. I'd like, can you, can you believe that was almost 10 years ago? No. That's nine years ago in April? No, I can't. I, I can't. I refuse to believe that's true. There's no way. <laughs> I was a... I was a freshman in college. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I refuse to believe it's true. There's no way. Oh, uh, man. That was the worst night of my life, I think. I'd say stop like, the count or stop the game. Stop the game when Badgers are up after that timeout. It's over. It's rigged. It's done. Stolen. Well, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was like the first night that I ever blacked out <laughs> drinking. Just because, just because it was like, I decided, like, you know what? You wanted to forget I it. I don't really, I don't care what happens tonight. Like I don't care if this is like alcoholism or whatever. Like let's let's just let's just drink until we can't remember that they had a seven point lead with five minutes left, and then the refs gave it away. It's rigged. Also, also Justice Winslow touched it, but you know, yeah. I right, just want to point that out too because yeah. that was holy moly, that was terrible. <laughs> I think that's, that's the first night I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I remember the majority of the first part of the night, and I don't remember anything. And it's on a Monday night too, so I was like, I don't think I went to any classes the next day or anything like that. Yeah, blacking on a Monday night's yeah. tough. Well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You just lost the national championship, and yeah. you didn't well, even lose. It was it. clearly rigged against you, so yeah, you had to you had to try and forget <laughs> it. You know, brutal. Yeah, that was, was awful. Thanks for bringing that up. Thought I'd never have to think about that again. But Same until I saw it on Twitter yesterday. I had to like, I had to share it. I can't, I can't be alone in my misery. Okay. We'll always relive that. Yeah, no, it, when I uh, whenever I think about that game, then I have to like pull up like a video of Drew Holiday ripping it out of Devin Booker's hands oh, and then throwing it up for Giannis for the go. big nice old alley to Giannis, and then I'm like, all right, I'm back. We're we're, we're good we're again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that, okay. I'm gonna go pull it up on commercial break. Okay, that's a nice. There you that's, go. That's a reliever <laughs> of my pain. Damn, you the man, brother. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> no, all good. Have a good one, everybody. I saw it, okay? I had to relive it. Rob, uh, you had said this early in the season for the Packers. You're like, let's get Jordan Love, that extension deal done, baby. Let's get it done. I saw this. Sport Track projects a four-year, $200 million extension for Jordan Love, including $150 million practically guaranteed. And that's off of what? One year as a starter. I saw some fans pushing back, Robbie. Like, you know, if you pay a quarterback big money, all of a sudden you're hampering yourself. What say you, obviously a deserved extension for Jordan Love, what say you about uh, a potential four-year, $200 million extension for Jay Love? I mean, Evo, it's just the cost of doing business, and, and, and you know that. And I, and I think, you know, and, and, and rightfully so, I understand. People get a little too wrapped up in the dollar figure there. Um, so I mean, a, a deal like that would average 50 and I, and I think it's going to be in that range. Um, when, when it's all said and done, I actually think the Packers wouldn't mind maybe even getting an extra year on that evil, a five year type of a deal, because then they can backload more of that money. Um, if they need to, like Kansas city did with, with Patrick Mahomes and it's given the chiefs, you know, a little bit longer of a window here to keep certain guys uh, other than Tyreek Hill. You know, they kept Chris Jones, for example, longer than, than you would have expected, maybe a Kelsey, people like that. Um, but, Evo, I mean, 
they've got a top ten quarterback in the league. They, they might have a top five, five or six quarterback in the league. You know, the, the guy did nothing but get better through the course of, of last season. You saw where he was at the midway point. He finished the year evil, counting the playoffs with 37 touchdowns, 13 picks, passer rating of almost 99. I mean, numbers that, that blew Aaron Rodgers really out of the water from his first year. Rodgers was 28 and 13, and, and Rodgers, we all felt, was terrific. And, and he got an extension, you know, halfway through that first year. And Evil, at the start of this, when I, when I said to you, don't get stuck on that number of 50 million, here's why. You, what, what people really need to do is focus on how much of the salary cap is his contract going to take up. And as we all know, the cap jumped about 30 million last week, uh, 30 million per season. It's 255 roughly right now. You know, so if he does come in at that $50 million range, Evil, and again, I, I think they will be clever and creative with that. And, and there are ways where he's not going to punish them, certainly immediately against the cap. Um, you know, Evo, that, that, let's even say it does turn out to be 50 million annually, though, in terms of a cap hit. You know, that, that's going to be around 20% of, of what the cap is. And, you know, even, even last year, Evo, David Bakhtiari was counting 15% of your cap, for example. So if a quarterback winds up being in that 20% range, um, I, I think you can still get some things done. I mean, think about it, Evo. It's going to leave them 200 million for, for the rest of that roster, right? You know, so when you talk the other 52, they're gonna, and actually, Evo, only your top 51 uh, contracts count against the cap. It, you know, that will leave them on average $4 million a player, which is more than enough, especially when you consider, Evo, how much young talent is on that roster, right? Back-to-back ridiculously good draft classes for Gutekunst. And, and the majority of those guys are going to be really cheap labor still for the next two or three years. So, um, Evo, they, they can pay them that amount of money. It shouldn't uh, dramatically kill their cap. You see what they're up to right now. They, they did Rashawn Gary, rework Rashawn Gary's contract last week. They did Preston Smith yesterday. They'll move on from Bakhtiari and Devondre Campbell here, I would think, in the next week or two. There's still other contracts that they want. Evo, they can go and, and completely restructure a Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones. For example, a couple of these veterans that they can go and redo and pick up more cap money. But even I, you know, even once they do Jordan Love, and, and that won't be for another couple of months um, because you've, you you have to have a year a one year waiting period in terms of when you did his last contract, and that came I want to say last May. Um, you know, Evo, Evo, once once they get done doing all this, they will still have more than enough to be incredibly active in free agency if they want to. They're, they're in the middle right now, Evo, freeing up a lot of money. I mean, I'm fascinated to see how aggressive Brian Gutekunst is going to be. He, he knows the weaknesses on this team better than anybody. Um, you saw when he has had money in the past, he will be aggressive. He, he The last time that was was obviously 2019. Uh, the last, you know, the, then he had a three-year window where he tried to keep that group together for Rodgers and he was paying a lot of veterans too much money, and he couldn't go out and be active in free agency. Well, now some of that money is freed up, Evo, so he will be active, I think, in, in free agency, and you'll see the Packers sign a safety, sign a linebacker, maybe sign an offensive lineman along the way, players like that, people like that. And um, so, to, so to go full circle here, Evo, from where we started, yeah. uh, Love is going to get that money. In my eyes, Evo, he deserves that money. And at the end of the day, it really shouldn't kill this football team whatsoever. Hey, Rob, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you. He definitely deserves it, especially because of his play. Well, let me ask you, Aaron Jones. He took a, a lesser like when all the running backs were wanting their money last year. Aaron Jones restructuring took less money. Would he take less money again? 
Two years yeah. in a row? Yep, yep, and, and he will. And much like Preston Smith just did yesterday, Evo, I mean, it, it, it's real simple, right? If, if if a guy like Preston Smith hits the market, let, let's just say Green Bay plays hardball with him and says, do this or we got to move on from you, right? Take take a take a $2 million pay cut, which is what Preston Smith did yesterday, roughly. Um, or, or, or Green Bay is going to just totally move on from him altogether. Preston Smith is not going to get $10, $11 million at this point in his career at almost 31 years old, Evo, in another city. He's going to sign maybe a two-year, $8 million veterans deal, something like that, two for 10, two for 12, whatever it turns out to be in terms of what kind of team, you know, uh, looks at him and, um, you know, ha- has a need and values him highly, you know, but, but Evo, it's not going to be for the money Green Bay was going to wind up paying him. And Aaron Jones really falls in, in the same camp. I get it. Aaron Jones is probably their second most important player on offense. The way he finished the season was absolutely remarkable. I, I think with what was it, Evo, five straight games over 100 yards, two in the playoffs, three in the regular season. He averaged about a buck 25, you know, through the, through the course of those games. Uh, we know his yards per carry through his whole career has been unbelievably terrific and outstanding. But Evo, at this point in his career, and his base next year is 11.1. Okay, right now he's got a cap hit of 17.6. Green Bay Bay will not stomach that, I don't think, from a running back position that they could easily reload in the draft and start over. And then number two, I don't want to go as far as calling Aaron Jones a part-time player, but he's gonna he's gonna be a player that that well, they has save to be him. Managed. They save him till the end of the season. Yes, he's he's got to be managed carefully. You're absolutely right, Evo. You know where? Yes, he's he's gonna get you know. T- you've got to still win football games, right? You've, yeah. You've got to put yourself in position that December matters, right? You you can't you can't just leave him in the garage and start the year four and eight, and then all of a sudden have to win five straight or something like that to go to the playoffs. They're gonna need Aaron Jones. They just don't want Aaron Jones. 22 touches a game in September and October. They'd love that to be 12, 14, 15, and have a nice complimentary back, which they will draft, Evo, um, and probably about round two to pair with Aaron Jones. And then when you get to the later stages of the season, if you still you know believe Aaron Jones is the better player, because it will be interesting what they come out of the draft with, Evo. It, uh, it's, it's a draft where you won't see a running back going round one, but there's going to be some quality, you know, probably between rounds two and four, where people, again, for not as much money, are going to get guys that could turn into workhorses um, along the way. And and that could be a guy the Packers pair with Aaron Jones, Evo. And then as we get later in the season, that's when you see Jones, in all likelihood, start to get his 20-plus touches a game. So, Evo, can you, can you pay a guy $11-plus million a year in a base? Can you pay him 17 in terms of a cap hit? to be, you know, a guy that's going to be on the field, maybe half the snaps, 60% of the snaps, probably not Evo. So I think both sides will come to an agreement on that. They won't lower it an incredible amount, Evo, but I could see that base going down to eight or nine again, kind of like kind of like he did last year. The Packers pick up a few million. Jones still gets paid more than anybody um, would probably pay him right now, Evo, on the open market. It's a really good offseason for open, you know, for running backs on the open market. Uh, so Jones is going to probably still at the end of the day get more money to stay in Green Bay. He just won't get that 11 spots in a base. What say you to Packer fans that are saying the Packers should go get Derrick Henry in free agency? No, no, no. They're Evo, the you know, and and I don't, I I haven't looked it up, but I mean Henry's got to be late 20s, right? I mean that it's just not a position where throughout history 
you you see players He's ascending 30, at 30. that spot. He's he is 30. thirty already. Okay, and that and that's usually you know around the time you start to put running backs in the grave. Um, and and it you know history has shown that that that's where the trend has always gone. Outside of a guy like Adrian Peterson, that rare one in a million kind of a back. I mean, it, it's a position we know evil from fourteen years old on. And and then through college and in high school and you know those those years in the pros you, you you are just taking a beating at that spot and and by then your legs are shot various other body parts are shot it's it's not a spot on the field evil where these players get better as you know as they get into their late twenties or early thirties like you can at some other spots um, it, it's a position where you fall and you fall quickly um, and I think Derrick Henry's yards per carry last year plummeted. Quite a bit. You saw by you know about midseason, he he was in a in a, in a timeshare type deal. Um, you know, with with, with Tennessee. Um, no, Ebo, I'm I'm not a big fan of 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 going older at that position. And again, there's going to be some real value in the middle rounds of the draft. And and again, I keep using this term, but it's the way Brian Gutekunst and his people have to look at it, and they do look at it. Um, you know, it, it it really is cheap labor, Ebo. You know, you're going to pay Derrick Henry a lot of money because his name is Derrick Henry. Yeah. You're not going to pay a lot of money for a third-round running back out of Michigan like Blake Corum or somebody like that. Um, you know, you'll get him for under a million dollars. You'll pay four or five times that for a Derrick Henry, and you might have the better player in the third round of the draft, whoever Green Bay winds up taking. So I still think at the end of the day, Evo, and they could easily go a couple of running backs. That wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, and then the future is the two guys they take in the draft this year when they move on from Jones here over the over the next year or two because you know Jones now you know he'll be entering his eighth season. Ebo again, he's 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 had a history of injuries. You saw it again last year. He you know he's probably got a year left in Green Bay, um, maybe a couple at the most. But his you know his his time is is running out. So th- this is the year where I think the Packers restock the running back position, Evo, and then set themselves up for the post-Jones era. Hey, Rob, i got to get your take on this, uh, a little off the beaten path a bit. Now, when Brian Gutekunst is on the podium, especially uh, last year when going through all the Aaron Rodgers drama, uh, he, he he would get to the podium and have these like these thinly veiled, like, read-between-the-line F-U kind of statements. Like, if you, if, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was he's very you know cool, calm, collected, but you could tell that there was, like, a little vitriol in some comments. Uh, but this go around, obviously Rogers gone. But Goody earlier the week at the combine was asked about chasing the Lions. He said, "Around here, we've never hung banners for a division championship, so it's never been about that. It's a nice starting point, but I think we're always looking for bigger things." Was Goody taking a shot at the Detroit Lions for hanging their twenty twenty three NFC North division champs banner? It's funny you say that because my first thought from from um, you know hearing that that day from Brian Gutekunst, Evo. Um, and, and, and he said that in a, in a, in a meeting a little bit off campus at, at a hotel uh, in Indianapolis before he got to the podium. My first thought, Evo, um, was he was taking a shot at the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> because, and <laughs> honestly, I, you know, the more I thought about it, I don't think that's true. But, but that was my first thought, I didn't too. I think of that. But, but my first thought was, you know, hey, is that a jab at the Brewers? Who's, who, who hung a banner for finishing eighth in the National League during the COVID year when they were under 500, um, and, the, and the Brewers continue and the Brewers continue to hang banners, you know, for for days when pitchers throw four hitters or something like that. So um, <laughs> it's a, you know that, that to me is a more laughable and comical franchise than the Detroit Lions. Maybe he was taking a shot. 
Maybe he was taking a shot at the Lions people. Maybe he was taking a shot at nobody. I, I, I you know, only only we can guess on where Brian Gutekunst was was going with that. What I what I do really respect over there in terms of what they do is they don't hang banners for nonsense, right? The NFC North has four teams in it, evil. I mean, if 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 you're the best team in a given year, which you have a 25 percent chance to do, in the Milwaukee Brewers' case, you have a 20 percent chance to do it in a five-team division, and we all know how bad the Brewers' division was last year. So for them to hang a banner to me is comical, you know. But I do respect the heck out of the Packers, evil, for not hanging nothing and nonsense banners, um, you know. Every time they get a sellout crowd or something like that, and um, so yeah, I don't know if he was—I don't know if he was digging that the Lions are not their evil. That's I'll just funny. say this: I, 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 do, I do like the fact that that they don't do that stuff in Green Bay. Well, Rob, before I let you go, um, I know we covered some Badgers yesterday. I don't know if we had to rehash it again because you know I, I think your your take hasn't changed. But you know, uh, Rob, what you're doing at Forbes.com, uh, unbelievable stuff, right? Right now, in, in type of a little bit of a lull. But last year, speaking of Aaron Rodgers and all that drama, there was a lot of stuff to write about at, at nauseating levels. Right now, with everything kind of just you know, there's there's no wake. Everything's just kind of like a smooth lake water out there. What's Rob got coming up for Forbes.com with no Rodgers drama? Do you miss the drama? No, no, <laughs> no. no. No, you know, I have I have two teenage daughters and, and a wife. I live with three women. I, I get enough drama in my house, Evo. I've I've always said certainly as the the older you get to the the less you want drama and stuff like that. And I can tell you the Green Bay Packers are a very happy organization right now. Um you know, not having that level of drama. You you know, you you mentioned thinly veiled comments and stuff like that. And Matt LaFleur did this a number of times through the year, and Brian Gutekunst did it the other day at the Weston Hotel in Indianapolis when he was meeting with the state media, Evo. These guys in the front office over the last few months have, have gone time and time again out of their way to make statements about how much players love to play with Jordan Love. And that's thinly veiled at the last guy. Sure. Now, that I, that I will a thousand percent agree on and, and totally... Um, acknowledge the fact that they are going a little bit out of their way at times to take a thinly veiled shot at the last quarterback when they when they really are heaping the praise on how people love being around love in the locker room they they thoroughly enjoy spending time with him away from the building um, you know people gravitate to him yada 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 etc 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 how much they love to play with Jordan Love because trust me Evo that was not the case with the last guy. He had burned a lot of bridges and, and, and burned people out and wore out his welcome. Um, so that I, I will give you. Back to your initial question, what's coming up? You know this league well, right, Evo? Um, there, it, it's never fully safe. Is it quieter in February and March? Of course it is. But, Evo, we are two months, two weeks away, actually 13 days away, <coughs> excuse me, from the new league year starting. We're 10 days from the illegal tamper, the legal, I'm sorry, tampering <laughs> period starting, um, which, which is still one of the funniest terms in sports, the legal tampering period. And, and we are going to see the Packers, like I said, very active in free agency. So, so even the new league year is coming, free agency is coming, and then obviously from there, it's full bore, blowout, draft stuff all through the second half of March and through April. And by May, Evo, we're back to mini camps and, um, you know, off-season stuff because the guys all come back, and you know, then then they've got OTAs in in June, training camp in July, and we blink our eyes and they're playing in the preseason. So, um, Emo, you know this, you know this sport well. 
other other than really March Madness um, and the NCAA tournament, they dominate the sports landscape. So there's there's never a shortage of topics. Robbie, you the man. Thanks for uh, doubling up this week, man. Appreciate that. Always a pleasure. Always love it, man. Saw the story, an update, and it is unbelievable. It is hilarious. It's everything you want and more. You figure maybe that this would happen in the state of Florida with all the wildness that comes out of that state, but no, no. We're going to a, a Kansas City Chiefs superfan. You remember 2022 and before? They'd pan to the uh, Arrowhead faithful, and there'd be a guy dressed as a werewolf. Full ensemble. Full bodysuit, fur, mask, everything. Had a hat on. Some Macho Man Randy Savage glasses. Oh, yeah. Full-on werewolf. He had like a bunch of Chiefs regalia garb on as well. He went by the name of Chiefsaholic. His real name? Xavier Babador, a.k.a. Chiefsaholic. He was all over, plastered all over, uh, you know, like 2021-2022. Werewolf costume, cameras love the guy. I was like, man, what a super fan. This guy loves the Kansas City Chiefs. Just loves him. Well, in 2022, as he was trying to make his way to a game, he had a huge social media presence as well, again, at Chiefsaholic. Xavier Babador gained all that notoriety, and then got absolutely busted by Johnny Law. Apparently, he robbed 11 banks across seven states for a total of about $800,000 and then laundered the proceeds through area casinos. Yesterday, it's court day, he ended up pleading guilty to one count of bank robbery, one count of money laundering, and one count of transporting stolen property across state lines. This uh, cat, or I should say this wolf, 29 years old, he now faces a maximum sentence of 50 years in prison, and his setting, uh, sentencing is set for July 10th. He also has to pay over half a million dollars in restitution, forfeit any property gained through his crimes, including an autographed painting of Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes that he purchased at a charity auction. So as this guy traveled around, if he wasn't at Arrowhead, he was on the road watching the Chiefs play, whoever they were playing, and in route, as he was going to these games, he was robbing banks. And then he would put on his his werewolf costume, his wolf costume, and he'd go and be the super fan for the Kansas City Chiefs, and everyone loved the guy. He had a huge presence online, talked about how his love of gambling and love of the Kansas City Chiefs, and that people are like, how does this guy get all this money? Because he'd be like, you know, front row, right there, just living it up in this werewolf costume. People loved him. He was huge online. Turned out the dude was robbing banks left and right. He was uh, ended up getting first arrested December 16, 2022, while fleeing on a bicycle from an armed robbery at the Tulsa Teachers Credit Union in Bixby, Oklahoma, was released on bond in February. A month later, after receiving $100,000 and winning two bets on the Chiefs, he escaped and evaded the authorities for nearly four months before being apprehended in California July 7th of 2023. He then pleaded not guilty in August to 19 counts of money laundering, tax fraud, and robbery. The guy said he... uh, cultivated his image 
because he was a generous young man, a generous young man who loved uh, giving back to charity, but enjoyed gambling. And the Kansas City Chiefs, and they said how he portrayed himself wasn't true at all. He was, uh, ended up listed as homeless in court documents following his arrest, and police records show he, his mother, and brother were cited reportedly for trespassing in Kansas City, and appeared to be living out of their cars. So this dude was robbing banks, left and right, funding his way to Kansas City Chiefs games, gambling on them, winning apparently, and then it all came crashing down on him. Yesterday, absolutely incredible. His lawyer took to the steps in front of the courthouse and one of the greatest opening comments about his client, Chief Saholic, a.k.a. Xavier, I don't even know how to say his last name, it doesn't really matter, Xavier Babador. Take a listen to his lawyer on what he had to say on the steps of the courthouse. It is absolutely incredible. Here you go. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now. If I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you, and God bless. Well, man, you're going to prison for a long time. Your lawyer worked that out the night before to put football puns into what he was going to say to the media about you robbing 11 banks and stealing over $800,000 scamming people. And, and he worked in football puns. You can see, you have 50 years, Max, you're going to be facing here in July. You're probably doing all 50 with this lawyer. The dude probably looked at himself in the mirror. And again, football puns. Unbelievable. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing. <laughs> and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. Unbelievable. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. <laughs> And pleaded guilty. He took responsibility for his actions. Robbed 11 banks. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. (laughs) Now, I pictured him in his werewolf costume. If I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. (laughs) He robbed 11 banks. We know that if he stumbled... His, and he fell. His knee never touched, did it? He didn't let his knee touch the ground. No, he's not down. He's not down for and the that's count. That's because he's capable of doing a great thing. Yeah, robbing t- another, another bank. that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom. Well, he loves Kansas City. We're the two-minute offense now. And he now. hopes that you'll rally to his support. 
Thank you, and God bless. This dude, literally, this lawyer stood in front of the mirror and is like, yes, I'm going to win over the media today by peppering in football puns. The dude's running this two-minute offense. What's going to happen? Faces 50 years of prison. My brother in Christ, I think you're getting all 50.